You are watching and listening to Leverage, the podcast about politics, power, and influence. I am Crystal High Taylor. And I'm Brian Wells. And we're back. <laughs> we are and back. We're back. We are back. It has been literally three years since our last recording. I think July 9th of 19. No, not 19. What year are we in? 2019 was like our last recording. And it seems like a whole lot of life has happened in the last three years. What have you been doing uh, for the last three years, Quinn? Yeah, I mean, we got a new president. The verdict is still out on whether, you know, folks are fully happy or there's buyer remorse, but we have a new president. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had 50, 11 million versions of a variant. We've been outside the house to go back inside the house, coming back outside the house. And wait a minute, we're going back inside the house, but now outside is open a little more again. And where your fact, mask at? Why we don't have look, a mask on right now, actually? My mask is actually here because we are social distancing, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing that responsible thing. We I are virtually by ourselves and physically by ourselves so that we can make sure that we are doing things right, keeping it tight and right every time. Excellent, excellent, excellent. It's wild to me. Like, I almost feel like I've lived several different lifetimes in the last three years. Um, you hit on all, I feel like, some of the main the main themes, the main social notes, transitions in leadership. My consulting roster has changed dramatically. My family dynamic has shifted. Uh, my bonus baby, who I've known since he was two. Uh, my husband has a son from a previous relationship, but my bonus baby now lives with us full time. So two of the last three years have been spent um, mothering two black boys through virtual school and a whole panini, a whole panorama, whole pandemonium, all of that. Um, Pandemonium. it's, it's, It's all of them, right? It's all of them, right? But it's like all at the same time that we're dealing with like these fever pitch levels of, of chaos and crisis. Like, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't even think that I am emotionally, I can't even say healed, right? From the traumas mm-hmm. of COVID, of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and 50, 1100 other um, Black people who've been killed at the hands of racism, white supremacy, inappropriate police conduct. Like, I, I don't, I don't think I've healed from that. I don't think um, I've been able to put proper context in my mind around this ridiculous outpouring of um, increased anti-Asian hate and sentiment that mm. we've seen. And, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of um, a lot of our work at Influence centers around civic engagement organizations in Georgia. And so even when I think back to like just that that massive spree of killings where you had like eight Asian women who were just killed for no reason, right? Other right. than this man just what well, he had a bad day. Was that was that the excuse that we were hearing? Like I just yep. so much has happened. I don't even know how to begin processing everything, much less to talk about are we healed and on this journey. So it's it's been a lot these last three years. It's been a it lot. Has- it has been on on our end, you know. The Daniel Initiative got my got my little merch. We have 
we have stuck our little logo on some hats and shirts and things, you know, Where's hashtag mine? Mine at? side coin, right? Side coin, side coin, movement. bring it back. And also Look, I need my hat. I need, I need I, you to send me my this- hat. It's on its way, and folks can <laughs> buy and look and purchase theirs online soon. We we nice. we doing this online shop, I love it. but I love it. on the business side, I mean, the Daniel Initiative has been busy, busy, um, especially when we saw this pandemic. And there's a whole host of um, communities that did not receive and were overlooked, even when we talk about CARES Act funding, right, and mm-hmm. the Paycheck mm-hmm. Protection Program, and the ability to keep their business afloat, or uh, you know, currently incarcerated people, which these mm-hmm. jails and prisons are petri dishes for, mm-hmm. you know, this pandemic that we're struggling with. Uh, but then we were also blessed to be able to help coordinate, you know, some of these uh, government relations, congressional sides for like the mm-hmm. March on Washington in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> and we and we, you know, we we mm-hmm. we didn't mm-hmm. see rising COVID rates from that. We was blessed. But mm-hmm. um you know, this movement side of things. It's, it's kept us busy, but we've tried to do things in a safe way. But but back to your point, though, too, I think that we have not had the time to process the many different layers of trauma. What we know is, what we tend to do in the Black community is we grin and bear it and right. hunker down right. to get done right. what needs to get done. Right. Right. But I think that even as we're seeing things like the hate crime in Buffalo, New York, that unfortunately hit us within a number of just a few weeks ago, Uh, the the killing in Uvalde, Texas, Mm -hmm. of 19 children, um, you know, 19 Latino children. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, it's really pushing us to have to have conversations on where can black and brown and multi-marginalized mm-hmm. bodies not just find safety and not just find the space to breathe, but to mm-hmm. find that space to heal with like even the emotional support services we need from clinical psychologists and psychiatrists mm-hmm. by the way that look like us. Right. That can help walk us through that are, you know, culturally competent and understand the importance of social emotional learning. So, you know, I think in part, um, I hope that in this season that we this new season of uh, leverage that we're delving into, that we can help, you know, our, our listeners and we can help you all get to this journey of what healing looks like while we're trying to journey on it ourselves. No, absolutely. And you know what, like another shout out, finger snap, all of the things when you talk about what are the avenues that we use for healing, I would I would be telling bold faced lies if I did not profess just the the necessity of, of therapy, of wellness groups, of friends who lovingly hold me accountable, like over this last year and a half. Um in particular, you know, because I think to one of the points you were raising about, you know, the kind of grin and bear it mentality, I think especially for me, and and I know that this is um, uh, a feeling that's similar, right, for a lot of entrepreneurs, for mothers, for working, you know, working parents, all of that, there was this really strong impulse, even as you're getting assaulted left and right by like, whether it's news headlines, like Trump, you know, traumatic events in your family, losing loved ones. Like I had too many to count friends who passed away, family members who passed away um, in the last three years. And 
the role that therapy has played as an essential anchor just to not only help help develop a place of sanity, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a place of sanity and calm in the moment, but also a resource to just start adjusting my perspective. And I'll tell you one of the things that's happened apart from turning 40 earlier this year, because like they, people not playing when we talk about things shift. You, you hit the, as my therapist calls it, the F at 40s. We're going to be PG today, right? You you hit, you hit a certain point. We're going to be PJ. We're going to be PG. Um, but you hit a certain point when you just have to stop and say, what is worth my time and my energy? Like, what am yeah. I pouring into? Who am I pouring into? And then by extension, what am I allowing to infiltrate my mind, my psyche, my spirit? Like, that whole dynamic and, and being able to um, work with a therapist. I'm also part of a wellness group, right? Which is mm-hmm. primarily um, Black women, but it is other women as well, you know? Um, yeah. And, and this value. And one, I think there's a level of transparency, right? Where we just say, you know right. what? I'm not okay. I'm actually not okay. Like I'm functioning. I'm functioning yeah. at a high level. I'm doing a lot. I'm also tired. I'm sad. Right. I'm stressed. I'm frustrated. I need help. I need, you know, like all, all of these things that come out. And I think one of the one of the most beautiful things amid the chaos, because God knows we have had more than our fair share of chaos um, over these past three years. I think one of the most beautiful things that has emerged. It is this understanding that like, you know what? It's okay to be human. It, it, right. it's, it's okay to admit when we're struggling, when we have a little bit um, of defeat. And I think it's, the, it's, that, it's that humanity, right? It, it's these transparent acknowledgements that like we are just human. That is what in the midst of everything in these last three years, um, that's something that gives me hope. That is something that gives me a lot of hope because it says, as we are more able to see each other's humanity, to be able to connect with people on a real level, not all the superficial you know, stuff that we're confronted with on a regular, but like as we're able to connect with people in some really real and tangible ways, like there is promise for progress. There is this light where we can say, all right, we, we've been acting real foolish. We've been acting real dumb. Let's let's do something different, maybe. <laughs> Let, let's throw up our arms and be like, we don't want to do that anymore. Let, let's try something new. And I, I feel as if we're shifting into this space right now where maybe we're trying some different solutions. I don't I don't know. I might right. be I might be naive and a bit Pollyanna about it, but I almost feel like we are on the cusp of a new moment where we're saying, yo, there's so many systems around us that are broken, whether by design or like they've just eroded in time, but there's so many systems um, that are broken. So what do we, what do we do different? How do, how do we make a shift here? You are watching and listening to Leverage, the podcast about politics, power, and influence. I am Crystal High Taylor. And I'm Brian Wells. So as we start talking about, you know, these moments of of realness, of transparency, of how we start shifting, we find ourselves on our relaunch weekend um, 
all sorts pew, of holidays, pew, right? Pew, 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 all the things. Listen, Juneteenth is now an official holiday. That's something we got over the last three years. Um, although I don't I don't know that we asked for Juneteenth to be a federal holiday, but that so, that's that's so part of a we, conversation, we right? Didn't, and and let me say here for all people, let me save y'all some heartache and maybe some fights. We commemorate Juneteenth. We don't celebrate because the history is that it was two and a half years that particularly the Black people in Texas, Galveston, didn't even know that they were free. Um, and right. so, you know, we commemorate. We we don't, that doesn't mean don't have fun. That doesn't mean don't relax, you know, and I have my own personal opinions on whether all of us should be getting a paid holiday off. But, you know, we will leave that for the hot dogs and hamburgers and, and all of the things later. The Kool-Aid, all the The party. Kool-Aid. Whose house you going to electric slide at? That's the question. Since so, we, you know, we there is a block party happening um, yes. with one of the spaces yes. that I, that, you know, we, we invest in. In fact, you know, as you know, Crystal, Daniel Initiative, we're about trying to promote equity um, amongst Black and Brown folks in the policy space, but we also invest in Black. So we're part of the gathering mm-hmm. spot, um, same, you know, same, movement, same. and there is, <laughs> right, and there is a block party happening yes. out, you know, in, in uh, I'm sure, various spaces um, to be able to commemorate Juneteenth. But it's always good to invest in Black, uh, hang with those folks on such an important acknowledgement of a, of, of a time. You know, as, as we're still fighting, though, in our own way for liberation, I think, you know, I think, I think they were fighting the oppressions of very real physical and policy mm-hmm. entrapment. Um, and what we're fighting still today, though, the fight continues. It just has a different contour. Uh, mm-hmm. We're fighting for liberation, just the ability to be, to exist. As our good friend C. The ability Madison, to, to frolic, frolic, to frolic, to frolic. Cece hit us up. We had to have Cece her on the space. The frolic we just life. sat there yes. and gave her, gave yes. her some space. But yeah, we want we want the ability to live and to thrive, to express all of the multifacetedness of black. Listen, or not, right? We want the ability right. to just decide what we want to do and what we don't want to do, to have agency absent the expectations of other people that are like, oh, well, this is what you're supposed to do and this is what you're supposed to be like. I'm I'm really just supposed to be, just be human, just be me. Right. <laughs> you know, like not conforming to like whatever ideas or expectations anybody else has, but to say, I I can just be. And, and to think that being is is a privilege that hasn't been afforded to us for so many years, right? So that's right. I'm with you. I'm, that's right. I'm with you on the 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 commemoration as opposed to celebration. Because to be very honest, like most of the black folks I know, um, many of which hardworking, got their job, got their side hustle, got whatever else. They're making use of this time to not only figure out new ways to invest in black, but to create, yes, to rest, but also think about, so how do I, how do I take my gifts? How do I take my position? How do I take my passion and and use it differently in service of, of my community? Right. So it's, I love, I love the idea of talking about Juneteenth is more about 
commemoration as opposed to like, oh, let's just celebrate and wild out. It's, it's like, let's acknowledge the moment and the space. And That's also right. how do we chart some different trajectories um, for right. ourselves and our communities going forward? So basically, how do we commemorate, build upon what mm-hmm. was, and leverage that moment? You see what I did there, twin? I see that. Leverage okay. that I moment like that. Like to be that. able to imagine a new future. Imagine new that. ways. I love Be able to that. tap into all that creativity and talent. So mm-hmm. shout out mm-hmm. to all the Black creatives on this Juneteenth. Shout yes. out to all of the Black professionals. Shout out to just Black life and liberty and black love all things black on this june team black be black now it's also right now this is the first time this nation will will commemorate june team but it also happens to land on a very important day this is where you know covid we're trying to like shake off the fog and be like that's right we have fathers (laughs) that's right we try to celebrate these fathers because it's also father's day listen mamas usually get graduation because like graduation is usually always on (laughs) on or around mother's day for some reason and and this year fathers get to have the double duty because it's juneteenth and father's day both of which are celebrated during pride month all sorts of intersectionality happening right 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 (laughs) so shout out to all the fathers whether you have biological kids or not, we have sometimes mm-hmm. these father figures, these mentors, these role models in our communities that help hold us down, that we go to for advice, and they are being responsible in how they are bringing up uh, the mm-hmm. next generation. They are holding down the grind, working day in and day out being supportive shout out to all the fathers in every form and manifestation yes yes. and i'm a i'm gonna take extra point of privilege and do a special shout out to my daddy um all right now we're actually we're actually visiting um visiting him in central florida and it's funny because we were talking and this is the first time in a long time um well actually no not first time in a long time first time ever that for father's day he's had his three kids, his three girls under one roof, both his grandbabies, right? Biological and bonus baby and his son-in-law, right? Um, so we are very excited about uh, this Father's Day, especially because it's it's been some rocky times um, yeah. over these past couple years around just health and all of that for family. So um, special shout out to my daddy and to my husband. Um, and, and to my uncles, to my friends, all the friends with kids. And, and to your point, the friends who may not have biological children, but are out here fathering and raising yep. up and supporting and lifting up um, our children, especially young black boys. Um, yeah. All the love, all the love to young black girls. Um, I think there is a special role that Black fathers play in the lives of, of young Black boys. So I always um, commend and uplift that when you see positive mentorship and energy and activity um, coming yeah. out from, from folks, for sure, for sure. Absolutely. Well, listen, before we, before we close out on our first episode, it would not be a conversation about leverage if we did not at least touch on a little bit 
on this intersection of power, politics, and influence. And one of the hot topic issues of the day right now, um, for better or worse, is gun violence, which mm-hmm. I just, I, this will obviously not be the only time we talk about it. Um, there are so many things to discuss, but yeah. right now, kind of just, just give our listeners a bit of an update on the lay of the land and some things they can expect to see on the gun violence front, especially from Congress. Yeah. And, right. And if I if I will, let me pull back a little and remind everybody we're in the middle of an election year. And mm-hmm. so the question that you want to grapple with is what should be on the ballot? Mm-hmm. What are you going to make this conversation piece? We talk and leverage a lot about how we build a strategy. So we're not just going to check this ballot box, right, and say we did this civic engagement duty. But how am I building a strategy so it works for me? Um, And so, you know, we know that the Build Back Better that deals with how do we support from a human infrastructure side, more importantly, black and brown, not just lives generally, but black lives, brown lives, these others, that should be on the ballot. But then also, as, as Krista, as you brought up, We've had more mass shootings in this year alone than there are days in the year. And I mean, it's like outside open back up and then here we go. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a whole Mm -hmm. host of conversations that we don't think about the intersection. So it's not just about the shooting and the location that took place, but it's how we respond. Mm-hmm. And even it's a, you know, maybe a consideration on how we look at safety, because mm-hmm. often it's the let's arm each other, let's right. harden these right. schools, let's put more police in these spaces. And that doesn't work for every community. Uh, mm-hmm. And most mm-hmm. of the Black people I'm talking to, I know the Black community is not monolithic, but most of the Black people I'm talking to don't want more police in their communities. They Correct. don't want them Correct. in their schools. Correct. They don't Correct. want school Correct. hardening measures. You know, and so uh, Congress, the Senate side has tried to, I guess, take their crack at, you know, some sort of gun control uh, legislation. Mm-hmm. As with everything in Washington, no one's going to get everything that they want. But there are some very real and critical conversations that are being mm-hmm. had as they are putting together the language as we speak. Mm-hmm. There has not been any language. There's just been an mm-hmm. agreement on a framework and ideals. So what does that mean? That means I, if I were you, I would take this opportunity to get on the Googles as, you know, some of our grandparents on the Googles Googles and and start to look at just really what are the different layers of this problem? Mm -hmm. We have a desperate need to, you know, provide Um, not just some sort of safety in how we look at weaponry in this country and the Mm -hmm. access to it, Uh, but how it bleeds in our communities and its impact in our schools and its impact on our young people. Um, And back to our original point then, Crystal, the trauma, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The trauma. And so as we try to figure out collectively together, because this takes everybody, It's not just your senator Mm -hmm. and your congressman. Mm -hmm. They need to hear from you real time. You know, if this pandemic pandemic showed us anything, it's that legislation does touch every area of life. 
And this mm-hmm. pandemic showed us when you shut down all these things, it's amazing how quickly Congress mm-hmm. moved to try to address all those mm-hmm. issues because they saw it as a ballot box issue. Mm-hmm. So my last secret I'd leave you with is make what safety looks like to you a ballot box issue. Let mm-hmm. that be how you leverage this moment. You see what I did there again? You I know what? I, I see it. You're good. You just be doing, you got all the layers. You got all the layers. Right, right. You did the perfect setup because right. our future episodes are going to be talking about gun violence, movement in uh, Congress. Yeah. We're talking about mental health and wellness, talking about everything that's going on with the Supreme Court. Ooh, we have so much we to talk got about. A- a Supreme we Court have, justice that is we black have that's so on, way, much. on her way she, in. She a rose. Black woman. We were saying she, she will rose. rise and she rose. Uh-huh. She rose. You see what I did there? She will rise. Anyway. I see. I see what uh, you did. Katanji Brown Jackson. Shout out. Who? Interesting tidbit, right? I'm a the interesting tidbit. So she was a graduate of Miami um, Palmetto High School, which is actually the high school that my mother integrated. My mom was the first black student mm-hmm, to attend Miami Palmetto Senior High School. And then to see Supreme Court Justice, first black woman Supreme Court Justice, right? KBJ, Katanji Brown Jackson, as our justice, our justice um, coming out of that institution is, is amazing. Yeah, obviously, all the accolades from Harvard. Uh, Harvard Say fabulous. it again. Harvard. Ah, okay. Harvard. Fabulous, amazing, and wonderful. Um, the one that most touches me is that she went to my mom's alma mater where she integrated. So super dope. Yep. Definitely y'all stay tuned because now since outside is hopefully responsibly being open, y'all may see us at some conferences and or spaces we may. near you. Who would know? We, we, we want to interact it with It may you. happen. It may happen. It may happen. Because we back. We back. We back. Come on, sponsors. We back. Come on, folks. The, the, remember, our, this could be you segment. Remember, our, yes, this, this could, could be, be you. Placement. Hashtag Hashtag who? What, what uh, we hashtag, hashtag coin. Hashtag coin. Hashtag coin. All of that. Twin, it is so great to be back with you. We back, and I can't wait to see you and to talk a bit more on our next episode of Leverage, the Politics, Power, and Influence podcast. Bye. Absolutely. Bye.